0: Hi, my name is Arman, and you're listening to the yes, I Am podcast. At this podcast, we have vulnerable and venting conversations full of integrity with guests about their life stories and how it influences who they are today. You can follow me on Instagram at ArmanASKZ to stay connected. And for more information, you can follow the YesIM podcast on Instagram at YIA underscore YesIM. And now let's get inspired. Welcome to your same Podcast, Josh. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, thanks, Iman. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Josh, um, I think I told you before this episode uh, that like one of the main questions I ask when we start this whole conversation is, what is your story? And I'm very interested to know yours. So what's your story, Josh?
1: All right, well, um, it's kind of a long story, but I'll try and be, you know, as, sh- as short as possible here. You actually um, can
0: go longer. long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God.
1: Um, yeah, well, I uh, was born and raised in Australia. Um, grew up with my mum and dad. And, um, and at around the age of 17, my mom got diagnosed with brain cancer. And um, I kind of had to... You know, work out what I want to do with sport and school at the time because of that situation, and I decided to, you know, uh, leave school and um, also stop playing sport. And how old were you then? I was seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, and um, I was in going into grade twelve so last year of <laughs> school in Australia, and um, yeah, I kind of obviously that that moment when I uh, you know found out that she had brain cancer kind of had to work out um you know what I wanted to do just because yeah I mean it's just tough time you know like I just yeah and um I wouldn't say like originally I wanted to you know stop doing these things to spend more time with her Mm -hmm. but then I think a lot of it also was just mentally it was it was really tough and really tough to see her the way that she was um A year later unfortunately she passed and um, after that moment I kind of again had to work out what I wanted to do. I started working full-time, started trying to save some money, work out what I wanted to do and eventually it kind of clicked for me that it was coming over to America and my path to America was I thought if I played uh, college basketball that, basketball that Yeah Basketball well, You're doing football or, right now <laughs> Football Exactly Exactly So I thought if I uh, If I played college basketball You know I, I could get over here What uh,
0: sports were you playing Back home in Australia
1: So I was playing Australian rules football uh, okay. Which is You know It's kind of like rugby I guess It's mm-hmm. It's That's the only way I can really explain it. I guess, you know, it's – but you kind of punt the ball to each other. Okay. You know, uh, almost like soccer where it's continuous. You can hit each other from all angles but Mm -hmm. like rugby because you can tackle, no pads, full contact. Mm -hmm. But the objective of the game is to kick the ball or punt the ball through like big sticks and you basically punt the ball to each other like a quarterback would throw to each other. And that was like my main sport and I played basketball too. Mm -hmm. I come from a big basketball family. My dad, uh, he – Grew up playing. My auntie grew up playing. My nan oh, really? grew up playing, which is my grandma. Mm-hmm. So um, always always played basketball, always played football. And then, you know, obviously when things changed in my life, I, I took a back step from all of that. And then once I started resuming my life a little bit more, mm-hmm. I um, got back into basketball, left football on the side, didn't enjoy it as much as basketball and also the pathway to America. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started you know training pretty hard for that actually was working full-time and told them hey it's either i'm going to stop working or if you can get me some weekend work perfect because i wanted the days to go work out for basketball and i'd just be there all day wake up at 5 a.m be on the basketball court take a break come back at 10 shoot hoops go go to the sand dunes run sand dunes Finish, play games, go to the gym, wake up the next day. Well, why is
0: again? that? Why? Why did it? What did it mean a lot to you to play basketball and come to the United States? It.
1: It was. Um, for one, I promised my mum I'd get the education once I. I, I left school, right? Mm-hmm. So when I when I left school, I had told her, you know, look, I will get my education, and like this isn't over for me. Uh, same with sport. I said, look, I'm going to take a pause from this, but you know, I I will do it again. It wasn't like once what as like either once you get it was just for me i was like once you get better and that was the conversations we had it was never anything more than once you get better Mm -hmm. unfortunately that didn't happen but that was that was the talk and i said once you get better I'll, i'll go get my education i've got i've got all the time in the world for that we knew it was terminal and because it was uh, brain cancer, it was in a spot in her brain where she didn't process thoughts very well. So I didn't think she necessarily 100% knew what was going on. So like when she hears terminal and she hears stage four brain cancer, mm-hmm. she doesn't really understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So it was in a way good for, good that we could say when you get better versus, you know, her knowing like, oh my God, it's terminal, you know, this is the end. So But there was obviously an underlying, there was times where she said to me, you know, um, am I going to die? You know, and that was extremely tough, and those conversations were very hard. But
0: when you when you when you realised that uh, she has a cancer, how did it impact you? How did you receive the information?
1: Yeah, well, it was actually um, her fiftieth birthday, so it was and it was three days after her fiftieth birthday. We're all going for lunch myself, mm-hmm. my bro- my brother, her best friend, and um, just. For a little while there, I'd noticed something like going a little bit wrong just for their speech. And like, I, if I had a game on Sunday, she'd say, Oh, I'd be there on Tuesday. And I say, Oh, it's on Sunday. She'd be like, Yeah, Tuesday. Like, she would correct herself by saying that same day. Mm-hmm. So I started to think something was wrong. And then, you know, she basically started crying, saying, Something's wrong. I've got a huge headache. I can't see straight. I can't think straight. We took her to the hospital and. Uh, the moment when they when they told her uh, and told us, well, they actually pulled me into a different room with my brother and they said, this is what we're about to tell her. And we went out, we told her friends, told everyone that was kind of close to us. And the thing that they said to me, all of her friends was like, be strong for your mum." And as a 17, 18 year old, yeah. when I think be strong for my mum," I think show no emotion, mm-hmm. which is completely the wrong thing to do. you yeah, know. And sure. when they came out and said hey you know she's got stage four brain cancer and she was there because it was again in her brain and she couldn't process thoughts she wasn't reacting to what the doctor said but she was reacting to everyone else's reactions and everyone started crying and i just see my mom looking around and just reacting and started to cry from them crying and then she looked over at me and i was being strong Mm -hmm. with my face like nothing's wrong and she looked at me and she was kind of like questioning yeah my reaction i was like you're gonna be all right i just looked at mm-hmm. it and i just mouthed it like you're gonna be all right and from then on like obviously i went home i cried i thought it was like i i, I just felt like you know i kept saying to myself i'm gonna lose my mom my mom's gone i'm losing my mom um she's going into brain surgery i was worried about that but the main thing that hurt me about that day was moving forward every time I saw her I saw that me being strong gave her such a positive reaction Mm -hmm. that I was never vulnerable with her I never cried to her I never felt safe just letting out emotions because I felt like if I did she would believe that she was going to pass and that I, I just didn't want to put that burden on her so I took it and that was a big weight to carry kind and of was
0: like a lot of feelings of like guilt yeah, probably. absolutely you know, yeah
1: and then I started to feel guilt because I stopped seeing her as much as I would like <laughs> to and that was more because every time I'd see it it took so much courage so much <laughs> mental strength for me to go in there and not show the emotion that I wanted to show <laughs> and it, that was that was difficult and it's difficult for me to look back on too just because I do wish I spent a little bit more time in those times but mm-hmm. and I wish I could have been more vulnerable and just cried when I needed to cry because if I could cry in front of my mom and have those conversations with her then I would have been with her every single step of the way but there was there's unfortunately I wasn't there every single step of the way for most of you know I was obviously there but mm-hmm. you know I, I took my time to, to to digest things and get away. And
0: was there anyone in that time that you talked to about this whole feelings and emotions that you were going through?
1: Yeah, it got well. It got to the point where, uh, from a mental health standpoint, <laughs> where I didn't want to be here anymore. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to walk this earth anymore. I didn't want to wake up in the morning and yeah. hold on to it anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Every day for me felt like a step closer to seeing her pass. Or every day I saw her potentially getting worse and it just got harder and harder and harder and i kept holding on to that and the harder it got for me the more the less i wanted to go and the less i wanted to go the more guilt i felt about it and then it got to the point where i was just like started to feel like a terrible human being and mm-hmm. in, in, just because of that but also i just couldn't face it i couldn't face seeing my mom go on like this anymore i couldn't face that um I wasn't in school anymore. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I couldn't face that I wasn't playing sport anymore. It just got to a really dark place, and um, once that had happened, I, I kind of reached out to my family members, and mm-hmm. um, my I ended up moving in with my auntie uh, on my dad's side, who, mm-hmm. who took me in, and I, I live with her, her two kids, um, and her husband, and um, they were really there for me in that time, and they they talked to me and, and helped me through, and without them. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say I wouldn't be here, because you know I the the reason I think that I'm still here is because I couldn't go before my mum went. That was big for me. I wanted to be here for her, but they supported me and helped me get through everything before and after.
0: Did you ever ask yourself that why this is happening to me right now?
1: Um, I wouldn't say why is it happening to me because it it felt like it was happening to my mum I think the question I asked is why is this happening to my mum and then also it just I felt helpless because I couldn't do anything about it Mm -hmm. you know it's like when it's when it's happening to you sometimes I mean if it was happening to me like I don't even know what I'd do right Mm -hmm. but in that case it's like what can I do besides support but it just felt like I wanted you know let's go invent something to cure cancer type of thing like and Mm -hmm. i just obviously i couldn't it's just not something i can do Mm -hmm. you know it has obviously hasn't been done yet so it's just i wish i could do something but i couldn't i was just watching Mm -hmm. and talking to doctors everything and it just felt like i was helpless and um i was like why is this happening to her and a little bit of why is this happening to us but it was was, you know mainly her because um she was the one going through it i was just there
0: no well like uh what like who were you blaming anyone for the feelings and events that were happening around you or you you really took the whole thing uh, to yourself or within yourself
1: um i definitely i think with the way that i reacted i was you know blaming myself or just Mm -hmm. i was obviously just sad that again i couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. um and sad that yeah, just the, the thought of that maybe she's gonna go and mm-hmm. I think that was that was more than anything I don't, I don't think yeah there was any necessary I'd say there was like a little bit of blame on like oh I could be doing more mm-hmm. but then I think most of it most of my sadness and most of where it was coming from was just events out of my control
0: and uh, so your mom passes away and um, now you're trying to... Do what you promised to her, basically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, so I'm kind of going through, um, trying to get to the United States, and obviously it's what what her and I spoke about. But ultimately, that's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I, I obviously, I really wanted to come over here, and I know she always wanted me to to follow my dreams and follow mm-hmm. what I wanted. And um, I was willing to work as hard as I needed to work to get there. And I, I had a newfound realization of like i could go at any moment like tomorrow isn't promised and that's and that's just the truth you know i thought my mom was going to be there to see my my kids to -hmm. be there at my wedding to see me graduate to see me play at oregon state Mm -hmm. even though i didn't know it was oregon state Mm -hmm. um i thought she'd be there for all of that so when she passed away i realized that i could go at any moment too so I, i learned to love more to appreciate things more and that If I'm if I can go tomorrow, that I got to give everything today, and Mm -hmm. I've got to go chase my dreams because it's not again tomorrow's not promised. And a big thing with my mum when she was alive was everything was next year. Next year we'll go on a vacation. Next year we'll go do this. Next year, you know, I'm going to have a big year of work this year so I have this much money so we can go to this vacation. And then eventually next year didn't come. So I was in Australia and I was like, well, I've got to do this now and I've got to get to America Mm -hmm. now and I've got to make a change now because I'm only going to be... 21 once 22 once yeah however old so
0: what was that you know because it sounds like uh, while she was sick you were going for a downhill yeah um, you were experiencing a lot of emo- different emotions possibly depression and things like that yeah and what was that pivotal time or moment that you decided to curve this uh, roller coaster up and try to get up from those emotions?
1: Sure, it's um, a good question. Um, it 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 did take a lot of time, mm-hmm. and, it, and I think that was the main thing. That was a contributor was time. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously had the support of my auntie and an uncle and the two kids that mm-hmm. that lived there, and I think obviously part of what helped me with the depression part of things and and wanting to to do better was um, I found love in the kids that I was living with, being an older brother to them Mm -hmm. and then also like having people around me and supporting me. Mm -hmm. So I think by, you know, after a few months I just started seeing – Honestly, like I think the the pivotal moment really was when Wade, who's a a little boy that I live with, Mm -hmm. my my little cousin, my little brother, I Mm -hmm. should say, who he was just playing basketball. You know, he was under 10s, he was young Mm -hmm. and he was playing maybe his first ever game or second Mm -hmm. ever game and I was there watching him Mm -hmm. and I was like, if I get really good at this which I thought I was already, I was a decent player. Mm -hmm. If I can do this and I can lead by example, then I can be an example for him. So I think that's where, that was a pivotal moment was me watching him. I was like, I need to get back into basketball because now I need to get myself on two feet so that I can be an example for him. But then also... There was wanting to make my mum proud too. But it just I think it was that moment where I just saw him and saw how much joy he had and just felt like I could help him through life and be someone that's there for him, like an older brother figure. That kind of like changed my path from like, oh, I'm just going to work every day. I'm just doing this every day. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I've got to be something more than this because I don't want him to look at me and I don't want anyone to look at me and Mm -hmm. just say, oh, he just works it. I want to say just works a nine-to-five, but he works a nine-to-five and this, that, the other, and I, I kind of want it to be more more than that.
0: Would you say uh, the path you're having right now, the, the life that you're living right now, um, would you say are you doing all of this for to be a, a figure and an example for for your brother and also for your mom, or would you say yes that's an influence that's that's what 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 we'll do but i'm doing it for
1: myself yeah i'd say um ultimately now it's 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 for myself with Mm -hmm. with the influence of that you know Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't be doing this if this isn't what i wanted to do you know and i think that's kind of like the bottom line of it is obviously this is what i really like and what i enjoy (laughs) and um I'm just grateful that it can influence people and I think anything you and what I've learned throughout life is anything you can do anything you do you can influence people you've just got to be a good person it comes more from within here than the outside stuff for sure then I thought it was all about oh what I did but now I know it's not about what I do but it's who I am, and that's the most important thing. So I could be back at that nine to five job now, but I know as long as I'm a good person and I treat people right, that I'm being a good example for him. It didn't have to be throughout sport, but I'm sure it helps. I'm sure, I'm sure, being here helps a little bit. But you know, I know that it's more about the person you are.
0: You know, because like it's very interesting what you just said. Um, when you talk to people, hey, what's your purpose, or like, what is it that you want to do in your life? People say I want to help people, you know, and I tell people, okay, you can help people by grabbing grabbing them a cup of water, mm. curing cancer. Um, I don't know so many different things, you know, but you need to figure out what is it that is mostly related to you as a person, you know, that you are building. Why should you do that,
1: basically? Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And what was it for you? How how did you find out like what is your purpose?
1: Um, it actually, it really did take time, you know, like uh, uh, obviously um, the, the journey is long. Yeah. I only started to work out it's about me this year, you know, mm-hmm. like before it was about everyone else mm-hmm. and proving everyone else wrong, mm-hmm. doing this for this person, doing mm-hmm. it for this person. Um, but now it's it's more or less like it, it's coming from within. Mm-hmm. And obviously I know okay, I'm doing it for this person, but it's not, it's more internal than external i think my main focus used to be external um praise external anything but now it comes comes from within but it only that only came this year um
0: what happened that you start thinking that way
1: well i definitely i guess i definitely went through some like adversity with sport you know for sure i mean um we can look at you know my my past from going from from basketball to football but Mm then you know I obviously came here to Oregon State and my whole journey within football and punting once I started Mm -hmm. had been going pretty smoothly. Got here to Oregon State after not playing for very long. Um, On scholarship, everything's gone great and all of a sudden I don't play. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden I'm not doing as well as I want to do and I come back in winter and I just have this total realisation that, you know, know, i I got to put in more work and i got to discover who I am more than just I am as an athlete because I was in a ve- like not a very dark place, but I just mm-hmm. wasn't very happy here. And that was just because of my performance and I wasn't playing. And I and I thought I started to feel like there's got to be more to this than mm-hmm. I'm upset because I'm not playing, I'm gonna walk around upset because I'm not playing. It started to become more about, you know, who am I outside of punting? Because I want to be happy outside of it. Like if I am playing football. I'm, I'm all with it. But then those other 22 hours of the day or however long we're not practicing, who am I? Like who am I as a friend? Who am I as a classmate? Who am I as a son? And I started to think about all those things. And it, it was a long journey, a lot of reading, you know, like mm-hmm. starting to educate myself on and um, starting to develop an idea of who I am what I want and what my purpose is beyond just hey, I want to go to the NFL or, hey, I want to do this or it's super important that I play. And – you know another another thing to a, a disclaimer is i, I st- still don't play mm-hmm. so and, and this is the other the next season so mm-hmm. i've been hit again with that adversity but now i don't have that same the way that i reacted then compared to now i know that hey this is only making me better as a human being it's not it's not stopping me and i'm, I'm working towards it so
0: i have two questions but let's let's start with this one first uh you talk a lot about happiness and what do you think right now brings you to happiness
1: well, happy, ha- yeah, happiness is interesting because I think about happiness and I think about joy and I know that they're two very similar, right? Mm-hmm. I think joy, from my understanding, comes a little bit more from within and then mm-hmm. happiness comes a little bit more from, you know, you eat a nice meal, you spend time with good company, this, that, the other. Yeah. I think right now I am def- definitely have a lot of joy in my life and that comes from just like virtue, uh, knowing knowing I'm doing the right thing, knowing I'm being a good person. Um, and from, a, from, I guess, I can use happiness. Like from a happiness point of view and a joy point of view, like I'm in a really good spot. You know, I'm really happy. I'm really joyful. Um, even though in my sporting career, this might be the toughest time of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the biggest adversity I faced with sport. For one, to not play last year, that was tough. Mm-hmm. But then to come back this year and things be different and me... Uh, being expected to play from a lot of people to not playing Mm -hmm. and to to be in the place i am with happiness and it's just uh it's just it is a good place to be in because i know that i can go through adversity now and and still be happy and i think a lot of it comes from gratitude you know i'm not too concerned about what i don't have but i'm more concerned about what i do you know I, i focus down on i'm grateful that I get to wake up in the morning. I'm grateful that I get a cup of coffee. I'm grateful for the food that I'm given. I'm grateful I did get to travel with the team. I might not be playing, but if I focus solely on that, yeah, I'm going (laughs) to be miserable. But I focus on all the things that I'm very lucky to have. I'm so lucky to have a lot of things.
0: You know what I say about gratitude every day? I I tell myself, um, I'm just glad. I'm grateful that I'm alive and have the opportunity to
1: be better today. Absolutely. That's awesome that's really awesome
0: because there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong but as long as you you feel grateful about what you have and you, you because it's, it's very interesting that you're talking about all this gratitude because a lot of us start realizing what we have when we don't have them
1: absolutely absolutely and we do I mean ultimately we all do have a lot of things you Mm -hmm. know as long as as long as we wake up in the morning i think that's just a blessing in itself it's something to be grateful for because this life isn't promised tomorrow isn't promised so as long as you wake up in the morning you get another chance to crack on another another chance to have a good day and and develop as a human no matter who you are and what circumstance you are you have an opportunity to to do something
0: what what got you to well I mean, what you're talking about right now it has to do a lot with spirituality mm-hmm. and being feeling blessed and grateful for what you have. But uh, what has inspired you to uh, go from all that dark place to be in a place right now that you're just grateful for, for what you have right now?
1: I think adversity, right? Like adversity and challenges and and just going through a lot of different things, you know, like Mm -hmm. obviously we talk about the the death of my mum, but there Mm -hmm. is so many things in between, you know, uh, breakdowns of relationships to, you know, divorce and my parents to like my parents meeting new people Mm -hmm. um, to... You know, just different things going on at home. Like there was, mm-hmm. there was a bunch of stuff that went on, and then moving across to the other side, of the other side of the world mm-hmm. uh, from Australia, and then going from California to Oregon State. And there's just so many things that I've had to adapt to and learn, and there's so many different challenges and obstacles I've had to overcome. That throughout all of those things, I've had to learn, just kind of to be grateful for the little things and not try not to let like big time adversities sway me from what i want to do because i mean they say that you know failure is a recipe for success and i fail a lot and i failed a lot and i think i've started to be more grateful for the failures maybe not grateful because i (laughs) I don't like failing but i've become better at accepting them and, and and understanding that potentially they're going to lead me to a better path or to a better future
0: sounds like you have been doing a lot of work about getting to know yourself better you know um one thing that I, I I talk a lot about personally with friends through podcasts and everything <clears throat> is the fact that uh, if if you get to know yourself better every single day and uh, accepting the events that have happened to you in the past, that would just help you to have more self-awareness, and as a result, you will be more joyful or happy. You know. Um, One thing I uh, because I'm I'm pretty sure there are very different ways of getting to know yourself better, but what does Josh do uh, when it comes to processing the past events in life and how do how do you think about them and how do you what what do what did you do to accept them? It's
1: a great question. Um, I think it really began with like meditation. Mm-hmm. over here in the states like in, in in the united states i um once i had moved from basketball to football i started using headspace mm-hmm. and i'm at i think about 500 sessions now mm-hmm. and then without headspace like i started counting them up with just youtube and stuff mm-hmm. so It's around 600 meditation sessions mm-hmm. which and some of them are reflective but at the beginning it was just on mindfulness mm-hmm. um, and it, it kind of started with that and then Um, I got big into reading and then once I got into reading I started learning a bit more about journaling and then journaling helped me a lot because I was able to write down events and then see them from almost an outside perspective you kind of especially when things are really bad I love it when I'm in a really bad time or a really bad moment when I'm angry or sad and I write down a bunch of things and then I wake up the next morning or the next day and I read it and I go I don't feel like that anymore and that's not me and then I think of it from an outside perspective and then sometimes I think that was silly other times I think you know what I understand where I was coming from but it's a, it's a good place to it's a good place to start you know
0: Josh I'm laughing because I also do that yeah. and there's just so much you can learn from yourself by just writing down your emotions what you go through and just like the flow of your thoughts
1: absolutely yeah it's amazing isn't it,
0: it it's amazing yeah, yeah. I, I always like especially whenever um i am feeling down or like i feel like that's something happened okay i open my laptop go to my notes i have play site right there and it's just writing whatever comes from it i just keep writing and then when i finish writing, and sometimes like when you and i read it you know the one of the sentences is i mean almost all of the sentences are not related to one another it's just like you see how many directions your thoughts is yeah. going you know yeah but uh it just like helps you to kind of really understand and really understand how you're feeling and take those informations way better than just, like, keeping it in your thoughts because that just drives you crazy.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's a good way to, to let things out, right? Mm-hmm. And, that, and it's the, the whole thought process of writing a text message and not sending it. You know, it's the same thing. You, you write it out, you let it out, or you, you write, write in your journal, mm-hmm. and you, you let out what you need to let out. And then it's kind of like meditation. If I don't know if you've ever done mindfulness meditation. Yeah. But, you know, yep. it's like when you're noting, you, you see a thought, and then you're like, "Oh, it's a thought." You go back to your breathing. The same thing. You see that on the note, and then you're like, "Oh, there it is. All good. I don't don't feel like that anymore." You kind of release it. And it's just a it's a it's a nice feeling, and I think that's that's been huge for me to let go of a lot of not let go, but accept a lot of the past events. Because yeah, letting a I feel like letting go would. I don't want to let go. like some of them I don't want to let go of you know like yeah. not let go like in like like obviously I've released it but like when I say let go it's just like I'm not forgetting that they happened or I'm not le- not forgetting the lessons I learned from them is and, what I'm and it's
0: very at. important to not forget them you know uh, the analogy I use when I talk about like those lessons that happen in our life you know you can you have you have two options when like a moment of adversity happens it could be whatever grief Um, a breakup or like I don't know whatever it is whatever that adversity is you have two options people either cope with it and, or like coping with it, they can cope with it like in a more healthy ways than like the, the bad ways. And what the, does that do is you basically are putting a, uh, like a napkin on that chapter of your life. while you know, anytime the wind comes, it will blow that napkin and the chapter is open. Absolutely. Or you can understand that chapter of your life, understand that it went and find a blessing and a lesson within that chapter. Now you can just move on to the next chapter. And you, now you know what that chapter is about. You don't need to worry about, like, covering it up.
1: Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And you think about it, you know, it's, it's either you face it or you mask it. Are you going to mask the emotions or are you going to face it head on and and, and go and, and grow from it? Are you going to, you know, pick up a beer? And sometimes it's good. Hey, pick up a beer. You know, mm-hmm. you need to chill out. But are you going to pick up the beer? you Are going to go out every night? Are you Are going to do this, the other? Or are you going to not mask it go face it head on you know figure out what you're feeling how you're feeling and you know move how how can you move forward from it and i think that's really important you know and i think some people just need to mask it but it's that's like you said, you're just masking it, you're not fixing it, and it's until you go in there and fix it and face it head on. And some people need time to go face those things, it takes time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I mean, uh, depending on the van, depending on the person. Some people, I mean, if, if you have done it before, it will be easier for you to face it, but you have not done it, it may take you even years. Absolutely. But the, the, the problem with it is more time you spend masking it the worse you feel Absolutely. and because you just you have a pile of different events that have been masked and then you just look back and like wow I don't even know who I am anymore Absolutely, <laughs> you know Absolutely,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah um, one of the things I want to I want you to a little bit talk more about is um, you said you do meditation and um how does meditation has helped you um, to become more self-aware?
1: Well, I I think the the first thing that meditation did for me was mm-hmm. to let go of negative thoughts mm-hmm. and understand that the thoughts that we have aren't who we are. Mm-hmm. Because I used to be very attached to my thoughts, yeah. and I think that's that's where it started. But obviously, from you know working out who I am was was that really un, that understanding mm-hmm. of that we aren't our thoughts that. Mm-hmm we have so many thoughts a day and you Mm -hmm. really get to pick which thoughts you want. So if you can get rid of those and not get rid of them, but if you can let go of those negative thoughts, Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to catch on to positive ones, but you can start changing the way that you speak to yourself. And I think that was something I really needed. I spoke to myself so negatively. Mm -hmm. I think there's a crazy statistic and I could be wrong here, but it's like 80% or 75% of our thoughts are negative. So if you can, It might even be 90. It's something ridiculous. So if you can reduce that, if you can change that to 50-50, imagine how much happier we all could be. So that's kind of where meditation took me. It it probably took me from, you know, whatever, 80-20 to 50-50. Yeah. Now I'm a little bit more positive. I don't know.
0: Why? why, Okay, so I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Why do you think most of the thoughts that come to us are negative than positive most
1: of the time? Hmm. That's interesting. I'd like to think, not not. I'd like to think, but I think it's just compar- a lot of it would be like comparison, comparing yourself to others. I think it's very easy to find, to think about what you're, what you're weak in and see yep. that in someone else. And so it's like comparison and jealousy, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a good way to, to, to deal with that is to think about, let's say you've got your insecurity is, oh, uh, this guy has bigger muscles than me, right? Mm-hmm. But if you were to, to say this guy has bigger muscles than me, if you, if you said to that person, y- you can have the same muscles as he has but you have to have all the experiences that he had in life and you lose all of yours you don't get the same you don't have the same hair you don't have have the same car you don't have the same girlfriend you don't have have the same family would you would you would you sacrifice those things to have that one thing that he has that you don't 100% of people would say no so why get hung up On this guy having bigger muscles or this guy having a better smile or this guy or this girl having a better smile whoever it is right Mm -hmm. or this guy whatever this guy's a better footballer but would i sacrifice all the things i have to be a better as good as him as good as him that i have now probably not yeah
0: you know and i also feel like it's way more comfortable to think about that person has a bigger muscle and i don't have it Mm -hmm. than for me to like okay what can i do to build a better body absolutely you know, it's it's. I feel like a negative thoughts come a lot from our comfort zone, and they put us in our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you know, you can, um, we can text somebody or we cannot. Mm-hmm. Which one is negative? Not texting because you're gonna think about how many things can go wrong if you text. Absolutely. You know. But if you just text it, you will see what happens, you know. Exactly. But, like, all these thoughts are come to you because they don't want you to – they don't want – and I think, like, this is how the brain works. Our brain is really trying to do and try to stay as comfortable as possible. You know your brain is like your employee you know any employee rather to like do very simple stuff and get paid with food and uh sex and all those kind of stuff then uh work for them then work for them
1: absolutely it's 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 hard to get out of that comfort zone of just Mm -hmm. accepting things as they are uh, and that's obviously all. All growth comes from that discomfort zone, mm-hmm. and the more I think, the more you can get into it, the better. And I think that was one of the first things that I did when I really started to change my life. Was the first thing I did when I woke up was hop in a cold shower, and the reason was it was because straight away I'm putting myself in a discomfort zone, and I had a rule that once a day that I would have like an act of courage, whether that was there's a group of 10 girls, I'm going to sit at that table and say hello. Mm -hmm. If I had to do that, I was going to do that. Or if it's like I have to go talk to my coach about this even though i don't i don't feel comfortable with it Mm. i got to talk to him so that he knows like oh i'm struggling with this and it was just like one act every single day even just reaching out for help or or putting myself in in situations that i didn't feel so comfortable with just so i could see that it's not all that bad they always say like people go three two one and they just go it's almost as simple as that and the amount of growth that happens in those moments is just tremendous
0: i want to ask you a question and uh I'm very curious about your answer, and that is, what do you think is the difference between uh, vulnerability and insecurity?
1: Well, obviously... uh... I think they're pretty different, very different because vulnerability is, to me, and I, I'm a big reader and mm-hmm. uh, I've read a lot of Brene Brown's books and yeah. obviously she talks about the power of vulnerability Shame, yeah. and I listened to her audiobook, Power of Vulnerability, yeah. um, and you know, she talks about vulnerability as just being a true authentic self. right? And then insecurity... I, I get, that's just kind of to me it sounds like a little bit of oh not jealousy insecurity is just not feeling comfortable with who you are so vulnerability is being who you are and then insecurity is not being comfortable with who you are is is probably so
0: basically idea. can you like can we say like uh insecurities are there to shield off and block off from being vulnerable
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i'd say that yeah so when you're trying to be your true authentic self Mm -hmm. obviously there's going to be times where you're going to be insecure about something so like you might be in in, with a group of people Mm -hmm. and they might all like this one book but you don't like that book Mm -hmm. insecurity will say say that you like the book your Mm -hmm. true vulnerable self will say Hey, listen, guys, I know you guys liked it, but I don't like Mm -hmm. this book. And I think that's the, it's stepping into that part where you can say, hey, you know what? i'm just going to be authentically me and i'm going to Mm -hmm. say i didn't really like this book i'm sorry if you guys liked it (laughs) but that's just who i am and then maybe find a group of people Mm -hmm. who like the same books as you or like the same things as you but if you always say if you let those insecurities overtake and you always say oh i like that book then you're never going to be happy Mm -hmm. and you're never going to be with the people that you really want to be with for
0: sure sure um we're getting close to the end of this episode and um i love to ask what is the biggest lesson you are learning in life
1: the the biggest lesson and i, I touched on a little bit earlier mm-hmm. is is don't wait for tomorrow mm-hmm. um tomorrow isn't promised and um uh, the stoics talk about this a lot you know they talk mm-hmm. about memento mori and yeah. it's just like you, you know remember that you will mm-hmm. die and i think that's a lesson that is just so important that we all need to remember is that yeah, tomorrow isn't promised. So live today like it's your last. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean live today like it's your last, you know, mm-hmm. YOLO, like let's go that, that Yeah, kind of stuff, don't let's go in you know? 10 Domino's yeah. kids
0: love because Ex- you're last. <laughs> exactly.
1: But it means love like it's your last day. Yeah. Appreciate like it's your last day. Yeah. Take this this workout like it's your last day and exactly. appreciate everyone like it is because you don't want to you don't want to go with any regrets and For sure. And also, you know, it's, it's a good way to live. Tomorrow isn't promised, so why worry about then? Yeah.
0: Do you think about that? Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I used to more than now. Um, I had to kind of get comfortable with it because it's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things I liked about Memento Mori and learning about Stoicism and mm-hmm. learning about what the Stoics did and what they wrote mm-hmm. is just... I think if I live every single day, like Mm -hmm. it is my last and enjoy it and appreciate everyone the way that I want to appreciate everyone, that when I go, I I can go happily. But it is a scary thought for me. It is a scary thought because, you know, as much as we like to think we know what's on the other side, um, you just never know.
0: I remember um, because I think about this a lot Mm -hmm. and I try, try to live my life that, like, if... God tells me, "Hey, you're gonna die to them." Like I'm cool, I live a great life. I'm. If 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 you face the time right now, that's fine. And I think that's just. I mean, it's the same mindset that you said. You know, live life without regrets. <laughs> you know, live a life that you really enjoyed. Whatever it is, love that. Absolutely. Um, Josh, we call ourselves a "Yes, I Am" Yes, I Am podcast because we believe you can put any word in front of it and become that person. If you would love to put a word in front of "Yes, I Am," that what word would that be?
1: Uh, uh, it's all the first word that always comes to mind is grateful. Yes, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. Grateful to be here at Oregon State. Grateful to be here on this podcast, and you know, grateful to have everything I have in my life right now. So.
0: Thank you so much. I'm very grateful that you joined us in this episode. It was an amazing, very, very, um, I think uh, people that will listen to this will learn a lot from you, from your journey. And hopefully we can all be more grateful for what we have today. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, yes, I am.